careful because a dull spirit in any relationship, if it stays there too long, is going to tear up that relationship. And so we're going to talk about that briefly because you I want to, there's two relationships I want to make sure we get the relationship with God and a relationship with family. They're the same. And the same demonic forces want to destroy either one of them. You see, you know Satan hates God, so he wants to destroy your, destroy your relationship with God, right? And he hates family. And he really hates marriage because the God-ordained marriage, isn't that right? So he hates marriage. So he does everything he can to destroy marriages, you see? And so he can, this is one of the deadly deeds that he uses, if you're not careful, to destroy your marriage, your relationship with God, your relationship with family. And sometimes people use their relationship with God as an excuse, okay, to shrink their relationship with family. You hear a lot of times kids that grow up with pastors, yeah, yeah, become PK kids, you know. Yeah. And the reason that happens is the pastor puts too much in the relationship with the church than his family. It's the relationship with God, your married relationship with your spouse, the relationship with children, and then the church. You see? You understand that? So we want to talk about dullness. It is very dangerous to get that dull spirit. And you remember we've been talking about the 16 deadly deeds. Say that, 16 deadly deeds. 16 deadly deeds. And this one is dull. Do not let that dull spirit get in your life. And so we're going to start with a lot of people don't know how powerful dullness is. Dull. Dull is? First is inactive, when which you, is when, not engaging. Now listen, inactive, mm -hmm. which is not engaging, engaging okay? Mm -hmm. right. Or involving any physical activity. So that can happen, can't it? You see, that can happen in your, church, in your relationship with God, your relationship with your family. Yes, your relationship with you. You see, and it can happen in your marriage. And the reason I want to use marriage, and you hear me use that a lot about, who are we? The church is the bride. God is, come on, he's the groom. So he cared enough about marriage that he, yes, that he used as a parable marriage to his relationship with the church. You understand? And most of us don't want to hear it. You see, I think a few weeks ago I asked you all that were in relationships to ask your partner, how are we doing? And not get mad about it. You see, a lot of women are afraid to ask their husbands because of bullying and domestic violence and all that. But if you love that person, you want to hear what she thinks. Do you want to hear what she thinks or what he thinks? 
And so, and you know, the physical part, we all know that in any relationship is mind, body, soul, and spirit. And they all go together. You see, in any relationship is mind, body, soul, and spirit. And they all go together. And if you get dull in any one of those areas, sooner or later it's going to flow into the another area. And you got problems. You're going to have some problems, all right? Dull also means slothful. And that's the worst kind of spirit you can have. That's lazy. You get lazy. You know when you first start out, you're really working it hard to keep things going with God. Yeah. First, your relationship, right? You know, when you first get in there, you're working hard. And then all at once you get slothful. And that can lead to some dangerous places, all right? Yes, and when you are slothful, you don't want to do any work. And if you're in any relationship, it's going to take some work. Sister Gwen and I, you all know, been married 51 years, and it takes work to make 52. When you stop working, your relationship's going to get dull. If your relationship gets dull, it's going to die. And somebody's going to be uncomfortable. They may leave you. Amen. I'm not talking to y'all because you all got great relationships, right? Everybody's like, all right. right. If it's not going to help you in your everyday walk, you don't need to be sitting up in church. You say, folks want to go to church and it's okay to have a good time. I don't like a good time here, but it's okay to have a good time. No, you're supposed to go to church. I call the Bible the commentary of life and educate yourself and get some education so that you can stay in God's will. Right? Okay, you can't take, you can't take the, the songs home with you. You can take this home. All right, here we go. Being slothful, you just want to lie around, eat, and doze off. Bring me a beer, honey. No, no, young people do that. None of y'all do, but you know people do that. They just want to lay around. You see, she goes to church, he stays home. Right? All right. Dull, dull is also a sluggard, a habitually lazy person. It's a lazy person. If you're lazy in your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouses, or your relationship with your friends, you got to work at that. It's going to die. Because it becomes, I'll do this one, mm-hmm. lifeless. Mm-hmm. You could be sitting in here this morning. Is your relationship with God lifeless? Mm-hmm. Is your relationship with your spouse lifeless? Your friends, lifeless. Mm-hmm. You see, has, has that spirit of dullness got into your spirit and it has got to the point that it's inactive, it's slowful, mm-hmm. you become a slugger, mm-hmm. and you're lifeless. You see? All right. So here we go. There's, the Bible teaches us there's someone we can look at that we need to do in every aspect of our life. And it's Proverbs 6 and 6. He says, go to the ants, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Mm 
And the reason he said that is the ants are doing what? They're working all the time. You know, ants don't go home in the wintertime because they're working in the summertime. And so we, if Solomon wrote this, Solomon is warning us as an example. See, you need to get to work. You need to get to work. Let me tell you, let's, let's, let's do it this way. If you don't work when, a cold, when the cold day comes, winter comes in your life, you're going to die. You're going to freeze up. Are you with me? So there's no time to rest. You've got to continually working, working for every season that's going to come along in your life. You see what I'm saying? You see, it's like there was a season in my life that when I was dealing with the cancer thing, it was a great thing, good thing that I had worked with my relationship with Sister Gwen because I had a home nurse. Some people don't have that. And other people will sit around and ask why. Well, their relationship got cold. I try to make sure that I keep a good, strong, warm, working relationship with Isaac. You know, because he's the son that's the closest to me. All right? I don't want him to be getting upset about nothing. Yeah. Because if I, somebody has to drive me to the hospitals and get meals and come over and do things for either one of us, that relationship will be strong and it won't freeze up because we worked on that relationship. We kept working on that relationship and we wanted that relationship to grow because we knew sooner or later, all of us, sooner or later in your life, wintertime's coming. And so when winter, summertime is in your life, that means when everything's going good, what's going on in your life, you need to work because the other, you know, wintertime's coming. You see? You understand what I'm saying? It is amazing to me right now that this virus has got people getting divorces because they got to stay in the house with each other. That's amazing to me. Children are committing suicide because they have to stay in the house with their parents. They, they can't go to school. Like school is keeping them alive, but not the family keeping them alive. You see, in other words, the families have allowed themselves uh, to not understand, not how deal, not have anything left to give their children because they're so dull, there's nothing there to give their children. And so children are doing what? They're committing suicide. Yeah. Right. You see? I'm going to say it again. Divorce rates off the chain. Yeah. Why? Didn't work in summertime. Wintertime came along. We'll call it the virus came along. And it was cold. Didn't have anything left. It was dull. You know, and it's amazing that we, we can come to church and we can do the amens and, the, and all of this. How are we living after we walk out them doors? Uh, I, I should be more exciting. You're only in here an hour and a half, or an hour and 15 minutes. I should be more exciting, okay? You're going to tell me that the only time you're excited with God is six days a week? I mean, excuse me, an hour and what are we, an hour and a half in here? And then you'd go cold, you see? I would love watching the faces of the people when we do the praise and worship. Yeah, they're excited about those songs. But what happens when you have to live one of them? What happens when you have to depend 
on one of them. There's a song that Sister Marvina used to sing, and I won't complain. What happens when things go in your life and they go a little sour? Get things get a little bitter. Will you complain? You see? Right. What happens when I remember someone telling me once in a counseling session, uh, they eventually got a divorce, that he didn't marry who she turned out to be because she got sick. Yes, it happens all the time. You all know that, you see. So I'm trying to get you all to understand, do not allow the spirit of dullness to get in your relationships. Satan wants you to have a dull relationship. That's why when I went to Brother Isaac, he wanted to pray for me, and he prayed for the fire. You see, because I felt see, my, my relationship with God uh, was okay as an individual. But it wasn't okay as studying and getting fired up as a pastor. Don't say man, I'm talking about me. Right? <laughs> you see? And see, and, and I'm afraid if that thing's, if I didn't get that fire back, you see, that can get over into your marriage. You see? So you got to watch it. You got to be careful because it can happen to a church. Do you know that you can do everything right up to that point? Yeah, you can bring the money in, you can have a nice house, nice car, savings, go to church. You can do all those things right and that spirit can still creep into your, your spirit. You see, just because you said people are sitting in church doesn't mean that they have a good relationship with God. Just because people are sitting in church doesn't mean they have a good relationship with their family, their spouses. They allow dullness to get in. You see, this is why we don't have children, so we can have date night any, any night, you see. This is why some of you all got kids. You need to have date night. Yes. Yeah. These folks are something up in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, you got a, you had date night before you got married. Come on, couldn't wait to see each other. Now you don't even want to go out, right? That's a dull relationship. You see what I'm saying? And so we, it, and I'm talking church folks. We're going to use this scripture that really helps us. I'm going slow. I'm usually faster than this because I want to make sure that Christ Temple North people keep the fire burning in their relationship with God and relationship with their spouses and relationship with their family. Keep the fire burning. A lot of times, it's not an excuse, but a lot of times, if you don't keep the fire burning, somebody will go find it. And you mad at them. Got it? All right. Uncomfortable? I'm not uncomfortable. I'm standing up here talking about it. 
I'm, trying, you know, I'm standing here talking about it, so I'm, don't get uncomfortable. <laughs> and here we go. This, and it's, it'll say unto the angel of the church, meaning the pastor. Mm-hmm. It's talking about a church, folks. Mm-hmm. We're in the Revelations. Mm-hmm. To the angel of the church means to the pastor. Yeah. You see? So here we go. Let's turn to Revelations 2, starting at verse 1. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus writes, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. So what does it say? He's writing a letter to Christ. He's not going to write a letter to you. He's going to write a letter to me. He's getting on me. He's going to chastise me. All right? And who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And we know who that is. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. So, man, this is a good church. So, I know your works. Man, I mean, this is a, I mean, you think, this is a good church. He said, you can't even stand it. You do, you work good, you have patience, mm-hmm. and you can't stand evil. Mm-hmm. Okay? And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars. And, and have used the spirit of discerning. Mm-hmm. Some people say they this or that, and they not. This is a good church. Look at this. It's a good church working hard. Mm-hmm. Okay? And has borne, and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored, and has not fainted. I mean, worked hard. He said, for the name of Jesus Christ, if that has worked hard, for the name of Jesus, and man, have not fainted. They've worked so hard mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. In the church. Yeah. Preaching, teaching, deacons, teachers. Mm-hmm. Now we do all that stuff. I mean, just working hard. Mm-hmm. You couldn't ask for more than that. Mm-hmm. You would think. Mm-hmm. Well, in verse 4, he writes, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Well, when, when the Bible starts saying, Nevertheless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's something up. Right. It says, nevertheless, mm-hmm. you thought you had it together. I've been rejoicing, and, and well, look at Christ Temple North, and look what everything God is saying about Christ Temple North and Pastor Fields over there, and we just jumping and shouting and having a good time, and then God comes up with the nevertheless. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that is because thou hast left thy first love. It's because you left your first love. Yeah. He's talking to a church and the people in the church. Yeah. From the pastor on down to the congregation. Right. Have you lost, left your first love? See, a lot of people stay in the relationship, but they don't have any love in it. Yeah. There are people who stay in church, but they ain't got any church in them. Right. You see, and he's upset about that said you've lost your, you left your first love. There used to be, uh, I'm a big movie fan, and it, certain type movies, and uh, I can't think of it, Barbara Streisand was in it, and I can't think of the name of it, and at the end they would sing the song, You Don't Give Send Me Roses Anymore. Yeah, are you doing the same thing when you joined church, gave your life to Christ, or are you doing the same thing now? Are you just as intense about your relationship with God when you first got saved? It should be even greater. Mm 
You ready? Take a deep breath. And, and you don't have to say anything because you won't need to lie. Are you just as in love and have just as much fire in your marriage as when you first met each other? When you think about that, is there really fire in your relationship, in your marriage? Or are you just married? You see, there's a book called The Discipline of a Godly Man. And there's a part in this book where this man goes to his boss and he says, I'm going to have to retire from my job. And uh, my wife is very sick. And his, his boss asked him, well, when did you make that decision? And he says, I made that decision when I married her. You understand what I'm talking about? You're quiet because you're listening, right? Yeah. If everybody in here, this is you, don't do it up in here. Everybody in here, I want you to take inventory of your marriage. Mm -hmm. This marriage and the person you're married to. Yeah. Take it. Do you love her like when you first met her? Do you love him? Like when you first met him. Friendships, Spangway. Children, where is that at? Where is your love? Could, could your wife, uh, your husband, let's just use, it's easy for me to do it this way. Could your wife say, honey, you're doing everything. You're, you're paying the bills, you go to work, you cut the grass, you see, you babysit the kids, but I have some, a little something against you. You don't love me like you used to. You're doing the stuff. You see, you're doing the stuff, but I'm only getting the scraps. I'm only getting the leftovers when I used to be first. Base, the little kids' baseballs and soccers and all that were like third or fourth, but now they're up here. You see, what has happened to the church and what has happened to Sunday, Brother Steve, is Sunday now is the old Saturday. Yeah, everything we used to do on Sunday, okay, on Saturday, we do it on Sunday now. That's our relationship with here. You see? Are y'all with me? I'm trying to make it really clear because I've been hearing too much. We've had it in here. What are you doing? Why'd you let it get that dull? Why'd you let that fire get that dim in your marriage, your relationship with your husband and your relationship with God? You see? That's on you. You understand? Yeah. I'm scared sometimes as a pastor when you do messages, people get upset at you when I was younger, but I could care less now. I'm old. When you get my age now, you, you, you ain't trying to, now the church grows, it grows, it don't, it don't grow, but you're telling the truth. The truth of the matter is if people love God like they're supposed to love God, they'll love you like they're supposed to love you. Right? 
See, and if you really, really love the teaching of this church, you shouldn't be afraid to face the fact if your marriage is not like it should be or if your relationship with God is not what it should be, then in a few minutes you need to get in this line and have these Isaacs to pray for your marriage. And, and let me, yes. Because let me tell you, one, you know why somebody's going to walk out of here? Because they're ashamed of what? If I have a need, and pastor just told you, he asked them to pray for him so that he could get that, didn't get, get that fire back in his study. And didn't he say that? Because he, he felt a little dull there. You see, you, you want to get it before it gets so dull it cannot be sharpened. All right? You ought to have enough sense to know if you don't have that feeling, you don't have that love, Something's wrong, it's getting dull. If it stays dull too long, it's gonna be a problem. There's a story in, the, in that same, uh, in a book of forgiveness. It's called Forgiveness, that's what it is. I don't know the author. You can just look it up. And this uh, young man was in church and uh, his wife began to have an affair with one of the deacons. And uh, he found out about it, and it was in the week, and he said he couldn't wait to get to church on Sunday. He's going to get that, you see. And he, but he's a Christian, and he couldn't wait to get it. And he said he prayed. This is what the writer says. He prayed about it, and he said the Holy Spirit said, why did you put your wife in that position? Two wrongs. One pushed, the other one went. Isn't this tough? This is tough. I know it's tough. You're celebrating the Fourth of July. No, we want you. To, we want you to celebrate. You got time to get your relationship with God and your family back together again. Yeah. Them fireworks are going to go out. Pastor's trying to tell you to get the fireworks back in your relationship with God and, and in your marriage. All right? In verse 4 from the message puts it this way. You walked away from your first love. Why? And, and this is the, from the message. You walked away from your first love. Why? Why? This is, this is God talking and I'm putting it in both ways. You walked away. See, you can walk away from your first love and still be there. You can walk away with, from your relationship with God and still be in the church. You see? Are you with me? All right, here we go. And again from the passion, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. And I wanted to read that one last. You have abandoned the passionate love that you had for me in the beginning. Mm -hmm. you, have, you have abandoned the passionate love yeah. that you had for me in the beginning. Wow. Is God talking to you? Is God talking to somebody up in here? 
And he's saying, have you abandoned the passionate love that you had in the beginning? Mm -hmm. Or is somebody in here wanting to cry, but they're ashamed because they're in the church and they got a, a knots in their stomach because they're sitting beside someone and they want to tell them the same thing? You see, I hope not. Passionate love. Do you love God? I remember when I couldn't wait to get to church. You know, and I first you get first again, and I'd read the Bible like to two or three o'clock in the morning, falling asleep, reading the Bible. That's a little radical, but you know, I couldn't love, love being a pastor. Yeah, love being a preacher. First of all, being a preacher. Love being a minister. Love being a pastor. The issue is what you did, God could care less. Where are you at now? Yeah. Pastor Fields, do you have the same passionate love for me? Because if I have the same passionate love for him, then that same passionate love will go to Sister Gwen, Brother Isaac, and you all in these views. That's the issue. You see, where's your love? Do you still have that same passionate love? You have to ask yourself this. Don't be getting mad at me. I didn't write none of this. You know I didn't write none of this. Because then I'd be, account you know, I'd write, if I wrote it, I wouldn't have to be accountable for it. But since God wrote this and spoke this, you got to be accountable for it. Here we go again with it. So again, you have abandoned that passionate love, which means you left without needed protection, care, or support. You left without the need of protection, care, support. You don't need him anymore. That's what he's writing in this church. Mm -hmm. So you don't need me anymore. You got your own thing. You see? That's strong passion. You see? Sometimes you can get sick. I've used this a lot of times. Daddy Steve, pastor. I went to visit him at the hospital. That's the church I came out of. And that's, uh, I think it was St. Mary's, used to be on 31st Street. That's been years ago. And not, he was kind of mean. And he, he was in the hospital, but I went to visit him. And he, I'll never forget what he said. He said, Johnny, call me Brother Johnny. He said, Brother Johnny, let me tell you something. Because he was real sick. Watch how you treat people, because you don't know how you're going to go down. Thank you. I had a, he had a family, adopted children. Only Brother Johnny went. Because of the way he treated people. Okay. Am I doing all right? Then it's written in verse 5, Remember, therefore, from where thou art have fallen, and repent and do the first works. Sometimes God is telling, giving the church the same thing. He said, remember for how far you've fallen, mm -hmm. and repent and get back to your first works. Yeah. That's the individual thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people want to, we preach it as a group thing. No, it ain't got no group. That's an individual thing. Mm -hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. All right. And then he says, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. He said, I'm going to move you. Unless you repent. Getting on the pastor. Come on. Come on. 
we don't want this church, God, to come and remove it, do we? We need to get it together. Love him like he's supposed to be loved. Act like, no, see, some people act like they're Christian. We ain't act like Christians. We want to be Christians. That's it. And verse 7, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And here's the key. He says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. I'm talking about here. That means everybody in here ain't hearing me. You see? But you that have an ear, you know what to do. Sounds like I'm doing a really nice fussing. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Man, how can a virus change the world? Come on, people. Doesn't make sense to me. All right. And to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. He said there's a reward for them to overcome. That means we got a chance. Get back there and get it together. You see? We got a chance. We need to get back there and get it together. Christ Temple North, we got to get back there. And we ain't had no problems in here. But see, we don't want any problems in here. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, we don't want our light to get dim. You see? Some people, all right, I don't even want to go there. because. <laughs> All right, Matthew 5 and 16 from The Voice. I love it when the praise team is back. They're back to two songs now, and they used to go three or four. I love it when they're back. You know why I love it when they're back? I don't have to work hard. <laughs> I've been working hard for a whole year, trying to keep things going. But I ain't got to work hard now. Because I would rather teach than preach. Because I've seen what preaching has done. Y'all don't need a preacher up here. Ask me why. You saved? Yes. Preaches for the unsaved. Teachings for the saved. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. <laughs> you are like that illuminating light. Now, listen, this is who we're supposed to be. Okay? The world's looking at us. That's right. Okay? Let your light shine everywhere you go. We're supposed to let our light shine everywhere you go. You remember that little song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine? That's supposed to be us. We are supposed to be a light for Christ. That's right. Yeah. And again, let your light shine so men and women everywhere may see your good actions. So people can look at us and in the middle of all of this see our good actions. Mm -hmm. They can look at us and see our good actions. They don't read their Bible. They don't have a relationship with God, but they can look at us and want to have a good relationship with God. They want to know who he is because they looked at our lives and how we're living. And our light is shining and they're in their darkness and they're looking at this and say, I want to be like them. And we can lead them to Christ by our good actions, how we treat each other, how we talk to each other, how our family is, you see? I tell people, you know that you're living a good life. I'm living a good life. 
you can come over to my house and I ain't doing nothing wrong. Don't want you to come over there. Mm. I'm a very proud man because I might be watching the game walk from, you know, I'm chilling. <laughs> but, uh, but I ain't doing nothing wrong. You see, you can follow me all day because that my relationship with Christ is washed away all those old habits. And there's a new light in my life now. And it's walking in goodness. And I'm gonna change that godness. You see what I'm saying? All right, here we go. Then he says, may see the creation at its fullest and may see your devotion to me. See, people wanna see their devotion to God. Mm -hmm. If a person is really devoted to God, that's the person you might want to hook up with. Because if they're devoted to God, there ain't no abuse. Mm -hmm. see, and, and, and women don't like this message because, you know, a woman will take a half so-and-so man and make excuses for him. <laughs> you see? Oh, yeah. I say it all the time. No. First thing you need to ask. How devoted are you to God? Not where you work, not how much money you have, but how devoted are you to God? And if that person is devoted to God, they'll be devoted to you. You see? And that can go either way. Here we go. Last, last line, all right? Yes. Lastly, may turn and praise your Father in heaven because of it. And praise God because of who you are. I thank God for the people you all in these pews have I've seen. They stuck with us when it was a year and a half. It's been a year, right? Over a year. They have stuck with this church over a year. People have put putting their tides in over a year. They, I mean, financially really supported this church more so than we had them open. They supported this church, and I am very proud of you all that's done that. I, this is, it touched my heart to tell people. I'm saying, yeah, we're doing okay. Because 40% of all churches are closing. Some are closing and not opening up. That meant they had people in there that weren't devoted. But you all have showed that you're devoted to God. If you're devoted to God, this church would never fail because of who you are. Right? Now, because I don't like leaving and somebody not being upset. Because, you know, people go, how'd you have church? Oh, we had a good time. I want to say, how'd you like church? I don't, I don't like that pastor. <laughs> Where is the fire at in your marriage? How's your relationship with God? How's your relationship with your spouse? How's your relationship with your family? How's your relationship with your friends? Yes, as your light shining, your kids are acting a fool because you acting, you were acting a fool. You see, that's what it is. When you say you love your wife or your husband, do you mean it? Do you say you love your children? Do you mean it? That means you don't have to be in their presence for them to feel it, because the real devoted type love is a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. Because one thing. One day you're going to wake up as you get a little older and that physical ain't going to be working no way. <laughs> now they got that. They got that. They, they, they got that. that. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they got that part. Yeah, everybody got that and they're like, 
So you got a good lesson. Take it home with you. Put it in your life. Start here and then here. And then reach out there. And then reach out there. And it'll please God. Amen? All right. Good, good. As Isaacs are making their way up here, remember, it ain't got to be always sickness. Pray and ask God to do what he ever needs to do in your life. I'll do the general prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you for the lesson. The Bible says, he that has an ear, let him hear, her hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, meaning the body. So we want to listen to this. We want everyone to listen to this. We want them to grow spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially. And if there's anyone in here that needs prayer, let them not be cowardly, but let them step up and get the prayer that they need so that that light can stay burning, that desire and that passion can stay burning for Christ and for their families. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. All right. You got to stay there, man. You got to stay.